then I was like, okay, how long until I can skate? And they're like, no, 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 no. You can't skate anymore. And in my mind, I'm like, I can't skate. How long until I can surf? They're like, what? Like, how long until I can surf? They're like, oh, we people don't really ask us that. I mean, I, I guess you can surf. To which in my mind, of like, you're, you foolish doctors don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, you tell me I can't skate, but I can surf. So it's like, dope. If I got the okay to surf, then I can skate too. I'm going to make this work. You're listening to the Every Day is a Breakthrough podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Hummel. I'm here to invite you into living your most alive and aligned life possible. On this podcast, I'll be holding the mirror for your deepest truths and desires and giving you the permission and the power to not only follow your dreams, but to walk with firm trust in all of who you are in everything that you do. So if you're somebody who's here to live out your life's purpose and you're the kind of person who gets after it no matter what, this show is for you and I hope that you get the absolute most out of listening. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. So excited for today. I feel so lucky to just sit with you for an hour. I have Andy Dicker on the podcast, aka Jan Snarlos. How do you say your Instagram name? (laughs) No, that was accurate. Yeah, it's Jan Snarlos. It's like Juan Carlos, but just Jan Snarlos. Got it. No, it it all started with uh, Mike Kirshner, my beloved friend, Husky Roundup out there on Instagram. He's an amazing artist. He posted like a a drawing that he had of a cat. And he's like, is it a yawn or a snarl? And I it looked at it because you can't really tell the cat's just kind of like, it could be in between. I was like, oh, dude, it's Jan Snarlos. He's like, oh my God, that's your name. I'm like, oh, well, all right. And then here we are. Oh, that's so good. And so I'm just to give everybody a lay of the land. I am at home. You are, are you in Sacramento? Yes, I am also at home. Cool. We're both at home. In California, somewhere, yeah. drinking water, skate wild cup. Um, I always love to start with just like how we met. And I think we connected initially sort of online through a million mutual friends and then ultimately yeah. met at Skate Wild. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> Damn, that blows my mind. Yeah, because that makes sense. Because I was just talking to Todd the other day. And we were talking about winter count. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, I get to meet Jaden. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I was like, what? You haven't met her yet, dude? Yeah. Yo, she's going <laughs> to blow your mind. <laughs> it's, it's like the homie who was always involved with Skate Wild who we just met now. doesn't make sense. It was like a spirit that was just meant to be. Yeah. So crazy. Holy shit. What trip was that when we first met? We met, let's see, I went to, and for everybody who doesn't know, Skate Wild Do you want to tell people what Skate Wild is for people who don't know what it is? What a wonderful question. I sure do. Skate Wild is a program where we connect people to nature through skateboarding. Whether you're just stepping on a skateboard or whether you've been doing it for all your life. And as far as camping goes, whether you just went outside or you've been camping your whole life, we help connect the dots with the two by showing our passion for wilderness survival, where we teach different guided programs such as how to purify water, how to build your own fires with uh, Molenstock the natural way, 
which is honestly way more crazy than I'm describing it to be, but it's really fun. Or other tactics of survival, how to make your own spoon, things like that, in wonderful settings while we're on a skate trip around the United States. So it's like a, a crazy meeting of, of things that you love. I love to camp. I love to skate. Well, I'll help you with that. So, that's so good. I, my face already hurts from smiling. That was a great... That was a great description of Skate Wild. My my hallucination of it is it's like a bunch of really awesome people in the woods skating, bring teenagers into the woods and do like really fun stuff and skate on trees and just have tons of fun. And I think yeah. I went on, where did I? Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz sounds familiar. Was that I my was one. first trip though? No, no. My first trip was in the Sequoias. And I came by myself. So Chris was already there. Okay. And I pulled up like in the dark. And I was like, oh, they'll be they'll be back at camp. Oh, yeah. It's like nine o'clock and they bring kids into the woods. Like dinner's probably served. Everybody's probably in their tent. And I got to the campsite like after dark and nobody was there. Nope. And I didn't know anybody. But I saw like some cool, I think Max or somebody on the trip had like some cool car and i was like this is probably the right spot and i was like snooping around and i think i saw skate wild stickers but i was like there's no way they're not back at camp it's so late aren't these kids <laughs> and that was my that was my intro in the what's great about that is that although i presented like the the tv commercial explanation for skate wild like yours is definitely the more truthful because yeah it's pretty much just like a bunch of homies and we're just like still skating and we definitely are like yo yeah no no let's go back for dinner time yeah like that, four hours let's keep skating let's go hiking we get back so late that's what's so good about it though is because it's not like this super structured setting where it's like let me teach you this at 11 o'clock we do this because as soon as anybody has any real like guidance or direction or you have to do this we resist so it's pretty much this whole permission-based experience which makes it so fun and I remember getting there and thinking like wow this is it is kind of a loose operation and then after being there I was like wow it's so good like it, the way that you guys do it is so good like it doesn't have to be like dinner at six you're in charge of dishes you're in charge of carrot cutting you know like it all just happens it definitely I, I love that perspective on it and I totally agree with it so it all started from skate camp and us going to skate camp and our love for it in the Sequoia National Forest for years. I mean, for me, I started working there as the store manager, which is crazy. I'll get back to that in a moment. But I started working there as a store manager in 2008 and then became like a counselor and then became like a lead counselor and then slowly but surely went up to be the director. And same thing with Jordan, who also works with us for Skate Wild, who I love so much. So what we're going to do is we're going to run our program so good, so incredible that they can't help but see how good we are. You know, when I became director, I just figured like, ah, uh, after the first year of being director, I realized like, this is stupid. If I try to do this all myself of like trying to set down the rules, I personally hate that shit. So why would I do that to others? So then the next year when I became director, we have these staff training programs and I just figured it from the beginning of like, yo, everybody, here's the deal. I love this place so much. And I'd love to say that I'm going to, I'm going to run it, but really like we're going to run it. 
we are all directors in this. So let's let's work together on all this. And everyone here, I value so much, and I hope you value me. And like, keep shooting ideas because I don't have the answers. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know, and that's a whole lot of things. However, you guys are really cool, and you know a bunch of stuff. So let's like work together through shit. And it like created this thing where all the homies were able to work with each other in such a good way to where it's like, let's blend it in a way that we love for us. And yeah. I, I feel like if we love it, then hopefully the kids will love it. And each time we're in the situation, the kids are like, no, I had a great time. No, let's just keep doing this. So it's like, all right. Right. Who's got lasers? Let's have a laser show. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. And I'm like hearing, I want to say too, you're talking about Jordan. And for people who have been listening to the podcast or know me, um, you're talking about Jordan. And then I ended up meeting Brooke through Jordan. Brooke was on an earlier podcast episode. like Which was so good. So good. I love her. And I met her because of really you. Probably were like the initial invite to Skate Wild for me through Chris. So really your why and how I met Brooke because of this incredible thing that you put together. And when I'm hearing you talk about it, it's like there's so many different things. Like for you, it was. I mean, there's a huge, huge, huge part of the story, but in this piece of it, it's a skate camp and then a sector of a skate camp. And basically what I'm hearing is you just constantly said, oh, this doesn't feel good. What would feel better? Like, oh, hmm, I don't know. Let's try this. And when you broke off from YMCA skate camp, sort of, and like did the skate wild thing, you're like, they didn't like us, but we went and did it anyway. And we showed them that it was cool. And this is so huge because I, you know, share about this all the time. And like, we all see it in our own lives before you do something, there's no evidence that it's going to work. It's just a little part of you that it's like, oh, like there's evidence because you felt something or you've seen something like the idea comes for a reason, but before you actually do something, like we don't really have any idea. So all we can do is keep doing things that feel good. And the only thing that's really going to bring that to life is to ultimately go, oh, I trust this so much. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get people involved. I'm going to make it fun. And then like, there you go. There you go. Straight oh, up. Walk it, do it and see how it works. It yeah. sucks at first, but it's worth it. It sucks <laughs> at first, but it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean that. Like, this, it's like skating. Like, oh, I want to get into skating. Like, all right, for sure. Go for it. You know, I'm not saying don't, but yeah. like, from our personal experience, we fall a lot. Mm-hmm. The ground is very painful and it is very painful throughout. However, when you keep doing it, it gets smoother and better and you keep going and things make more sense. And then the problem, the obstacles that you had before become opportunities to mm-hmm. train a different way than the thing that was so hard for you to do is now super simple and you can do tricks with it. And it's like, what? I used to be so bothered by this, but now it's like, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Skating. It's so funny. I always try. I'm like, don't just compare everything to skating. And when I talk to Chris, like no matter what we talk about, I like bring it back to skating. And he always thinks he's like, are you just comparing it to skating? Cause you think that's all I know. And I'm like, no, it's just (laughs) such a good example for literally everything. Like, no, you're totally right. I completely agree. I can, I just, it's funny because I know Chris so well. And of course he would say that, but that's mostly because he's a fucking mastermind of skateboarding. Like, dude, yeah. 
no, it's just that you're incredibly good at it. But besides that, like it's everywhere. I, there's a, it's so funny. There's That's a, our conversation. Like every time I'm trying every to time. nail in a point, I'm like, you know, it's kind of like, he's like, again, with skateboarding, I'm like, no, I just make sense. <laughs> it just makes sense. I'm trying to do a frontside 5-0, but I'm not locking in at an angle. You know, it's just like how I'm going about this conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's like dinner. No, it's, it's funny though. Cause it really is. It's like such a concrete way of you have no idea how to do it and then you try and then it gets easier and then you have fun and then it's like the hardest thing that you'll ever do in the world and it will bring up all your shit because it's hard and like you you're hard on yourself and then you might compare yourself and then you're like no I'm doing this for fun and then you get better it's like everything everything and like I actually was just looking there's an Instagram trend going around right now it's like post your first skate clip Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Oh, I yeah. was looking back for mine and I couldn't find it. But my first skate clip, I remember filming myself and I was doing an ollie in the grass, but I was doing it switch because I snowboard regular and I skate goofy. So I was teaching myself how to ollie switch. That's so fucking sick. In the grass. I still, I can't do it now on concrete, but that's how I judge. <laughs> but I remember... In that moment, I wanted to skate. This is really funny. I wanted to skate my whole life. Like I always wanted to do it. And I never did because it was so intimidating for me. And I'm relatively good at like snowboarding. I've been snowboarding my whole life. And I had already become like, I'm going to quotation like an expert. Like I'm not an expert, but I was like, you know, if if you're taking like a lesson, like what's your ability level? I'm like expert, you know, I, I coach. So I had already gotten past that and when I would think of skating I'm like this is going to be so humiliating to like go and do it and I remember the first time I went to the skate park I was alone and I drove 40 minutes away to the skate park in Vermont and there were like a couple kids there and I got intimidated by them and I drove away and I drove like 20 minutes down the highway and I was giving myself a pep talk I was like turn around and go back like you got to go back because you're never gonna you know whatever I'm nervous we got this and I talked myself into it I went back and I taught myself how to do it in the grass but it's so similar to life it's like humiliating to do anything new it's gonna feel like that every time even if you're already an expert or whatever no one's an expert in other areas of life or you've mastered something and you do it again Straight up, everything sucks. <laughs> but in time, then you recognize that, oh, it all works out. And that's like legitimately everything I've been in in life. There's always been a lot more frustration in the very beginning. But after repetition and through practicing, I can recognize things that were difficult to be just like nuances and nothingness. And then you can like keep navigating through the path to get to where it is you're going. And then you see things of like, holy crap, I can work with this and make this better. Yeah. Awesome. How fun is that? Yeah. It's like every time you go in the direction, you're building skills, evidence, and like more things to work with. And I'm just realizing, I don't think I ever introduced you or maybe I got partway through it. Um, So let me just do your, I don't think I really shared your bio. So I'm just going to do that right now. Oh yeah, no worries. It's all good. (laughs) Uh, I think we were talking about that. (laughs) before that you put in here a modern 
creative pioneer of love, which you shared, you wrote down in 2017 or 2019, which is amazing. And you're currently a tattoo artist and piercer at Filthy Clean Tattoos. I love that name. It's a PH, Filthy Clean Tattoos. (laughs) And also a positive poker of things, an escape board camping pioneer of love. And really just to break off from that, I mean, you're an artist. And you're a like pioneer of love and an organizer of love and an artist and a skater. And I know we just kind of riffed on skate wild for a a while, but I mean, you've done some pretty incredible things to get to that place and have like a pretty incredible journey there. And I only really know, I know bits of your story because we've shared about it briefly, but um, yeah, I want to just kind of talk about, the road that you've been on. And and before we popped on this podcast, we were talking about, what did you say? Like, just keep going no matter what, how did you, how did you learn much? Yeah. Just to keep pushing it. Even like, uh, (laughs) the thing with that is something I'm realizing is that no matter what, there'll always be barricades or troubles with any situation. I've always had that in my mind. I've always thought like, we're going to find a way to make this work no matter Mm. what. And I had a, from skateboarding, I had a traumatic brain injury. And that was like the concept with it is it takes about seven years for your um, neuroplasticity of your brain to kind of reshift and reorganize, I guess, so that we can kind of adapt and do things differently than relying on the part that's traumatized. You just use other parts of the brain to get over it, which is dope. However, in that time, I went from being in this place like living in an art residency, getting ready for my art show. Like these things are going to happen. These things are in, in the wake of happening. Then damn, I hit my head and I can't do the art show. And it's like, oh, I start at home and I'm like mentally like a five-year-old again. I just turned 29 and then I hit my head like the next month after. And then I'm still me, but it's like I'm five years old as far as like my ability to rationalize or like my uh <laughs> concept of emotional baggage whether somebody has emotional baggage well if you have a traumatic brain injury you'll have like an emotional truckload of so much going on back there like you can carry that around you don't know what this or that is but have fun with it with that <laughs> it's like there's definite times where almost i mean i'm still me you know like i'm still the person that you're talking to like, this is, this is just my vibe. I'm just always stoked all the time. Whether I like it or not, even when I'm sad, I'm still laughing at something stupid inside because it's like, why not? That's actually still kind of funny. But with that, people would be like, oh my God, are you, are you okay? Do you want to talk about your injury? I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. I am okay. And I, I was just always talking like, in regards to like, let's keep the communication going. Don't feel as though it's necessary to separate me as if, this trauma will change who I am as a human being from who I was before. I'm still the same person. I just fell, which if you're a skater, you understand that, but not that other people don't. However, it's for me, skating is so powerful because I've been through so many injuries that you just kind of get through mm-hmm. and in the healing process does hinder those things, but it's also like a breakthrough opportunity to like overcome problems in your life. And I definitely felt like there's times when I'd be, I moved back from San Francisco and was here at my wonderful parents' home, which is great. They helped me so much with the process of healing. And I definitely felt like 
everyone's kind of like, all right, well, you're done. You know, you kind of, you hit your head. Who knows what's going to happen? I feel so bad for you. Like, I hope everything's okay. So, and I was just thinking in my mind of like, damn, I guess I am done. Wow. No, no, I'm not. I don't care. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to let this stop. I'm going to keep going. Like, I don't give a shit. And I kept trying different ways to heal from it and like to let, and ultimately it's just time. Now I'm in a much better mental place than I was. It's been six years since I hit my head. So from three years ago or from four, five or six, it's been like such a, a huge difference of my mental capabilities that it's really cool. It's crazy to think about, but also shocking to recognize it. The main thing was, is like, even when we're facing the worst situations, it's up to us to keep going and right. we keep pushing through it. And if we let things hinder us, then it's like, that's our choice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, when you are saying like, it's time, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's time. But I mean, there's a point where I'm sure sometimes you were just like, I am completely resting and I'm like really taking healing time. But in the grand scheme of like the six years, your mindset in that time or not even mindset, but your what you said, you're like, I'm going to keep going. I'm not done. Like time plus you being like, I'm done, whatever. This isn't feeling good. I'm just not going to pursue things that make me happy. You'd be in a such a different place. Yeah. Straight up. It's hella funny because it's so true. I'd be, I don't even know where I'd be, but with that, I'm very grateful for where I am because I remember being in the hospital and like, Here's how it went down. My good homie Connor and I, we were having a wonderful time. It was right off of Broderick Street, which has this like really sick at the top of the hill. So we bombed the hill and I hit my head at 3 a.m. at the very bottom of it. And that was crazy. And I was, I went to a coma and I was in a coma for two weeks. And wow. then when I woke up, I was like in the hospital with like my family, like my, my Nana was there. My mom was there. My aunt. A few of my uncles, a few of my aunts, actually. Wow. And then all the homies from skate camp are there, too, because they would just come and visit some SF. So I woke up in this room. It's like all the homies are there. I'm like, yo, I took a spill, didn't I? I was like, yeah, you're okay. I was like, duh. All right. What's up, everybody? Let's get out of here. And they're like, no, you can't. You can't leave yet. You can't leave. And I, I couldn't remember people's names, but it's like, I know who they are, like, you're that one person when we were at Stony Creek, we used to go in the water together. Remember that one time we tried to kick people into the water? Like, oh my God, you remember me, dude? Holy crap. But it's like, I remember you, but I can't remember your names. Cause wow. it was just like at a point in my brain was like, it was pretty much like a puzzle piece just broke on the ground. And now I see, I'm only seeing the puzzle piece was broken. And now I'm recognizing like, oh, it's a, it creates an image. Like, Let's put these things together, I guess. That's like pretty much what the whole experience of waking up <laughs> from a traumatic brain injury is like. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so wild to wrap your head around. I couldn't imagine what I would do if I woke up in that room. I probably would have lost my mind and like. It's wow. tough. Yeah. Well, here's what I'd say with it I am genuinely confident that you would still be you. And you would handle things just as you've handled much in your life. And you find a way to make it work. Because when I did wake up and I was there, I felt the absolute most true and vulnerable as I could be. 
I've seen so many TV shows. I've seen so many movies. Yeah, where it's, and right. I happen to be the person of like, okay, I messed up. Here I am. Let's keep going. And I remember like soon after talking to the doctors of like, I was so grateful to be awake. And <laughs> the doctor came in and I think it was like a, maybe a day or two later or something like that. Or maybe it was that day. It's like a blur of time. And he was telling me of like, okay, here's what happened. You fell and you hit the back of your head and your brain bounced off the front of your head. So there's trauma in the front and we cut your skull to give its room to, to swell. I was like, dope. That sounds good. <laughs> like what? You're okay with it? Like, yeah, I skate. You got to do what you got to do. Like, yeah, it always blows my mind. I'm always so grateful that some people like wanted to figure that out how to do surgery like that or like how to figure right? it because I look at me I'm like oh I just want to like talk to people you're like I want to like skate and pioneer love and create art and I'm so glad that some people were born and they're like this is interesting to me and I'm gonna figure this out because when I hear you say that I'm like thank god, thank god there's people in the world who know how to do this stuff straight up shout out all the homies out there <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Every time I have a friend who's like in medical school or they're a doctor, I'm like, "Thank you. Thank you." Like, god, I would never do that, but I'm so glad that that's your jam. Like everybody needs a spot in the world. Yeah. That's true. That's a beautiful way of looking at it, and I totally agree. I'm very grateful that these spots are being filled up by people who actually have passion and love for it it's pretty crazy to think about so yeah and I want to hear okay so right before you hit your head you that was like a pretty big art show that you were gonna have right yeah you wanna, you wanna sure hear? yeah absolutely so yeah it was my friend Mike Kirshner the same individual who helped coin the name Jan Snilas with me he let me know, like, hey, I'm managing this house. Like, if you want to come and live up here, you can be an artist for six months. I'm like, what? Really? He's like, yeah, you just, you got to do it. Like, send in a tape, like a a submission tape just to describe your show. I'm like, I don't know, you'll figure out your art. You'll just, you just spend the time doing your art. And then at the end of the show, it's there. So, of course, in my mind, I personally really love skits and comedies of all sorts. It's always been in my my mindset as far as like absolute love and joy. And I thought like, damn, if I got to do art, if I got to do one thing, like, God, what's that going to be? Like, oh, I'll just make it hella fun. I know. I'll do the same thing that I do at skate camp, campfire skits. I'll make up this long, elaborate story that just like dwindles in and out of art, but it's more about the characters and how they interact with each other. Perfect. I created it. Welcome to the residency. So it was like your, it was like a comedy skit about what you were essentially doing. Exactly. It was really fun because it allowed me to share what I love, which is comedy, and to do it in a way where I would I was painting, I was making music, I was taking photos, but really I got to explore the city with some really good friends. A story arc that was going on to discover like what was gonna happen with the characters and where they're gonna go. And that was the idea of it, which is wow. so I feel like it's still alive just hearing you do it. I'm like, yeah, it happened. <laughs> it's here it, it happened you did a lot of the work leading up to it so it did kind of live on just it did not, yeah just not no, yeah, it, form. It, most definitely it did which is great i'm very grateful that i put 
in work each day for it versus like not talking about it and not doing anything about it and being like, you just got to wait for the show. You got to wait for the show. Like, no, my life was literally that. You were like a living, like, like installment. Yeah. Live in the show. I was on the show. Um, and I'm, I'm hearing, what was I going to say? When you were talking about. Oh, pushing forward. Pushing forward. Yeah, pushing forward. But I really want to say like when you were doing this show, you were doing things that were really exciting to you. And you said, I'm not just not talking about it and waiting for this big show to happen. I'm actually like getting excited about it and doing stuff. And, and that's such an incredible thing and learning point and for people listening of we tend to do this thing as humans where we're like oh I have this one goal so let's say it's an art show or or other people listening you might have your own goal and then we attach all of our self-worth to like achieving the goal it's like oh there's the thing the trophy the show the business like whatever it is and then the problem with that is if we attach everything to the show our brain only gets these like hits of dopamine when we accomplish a goal, like when you have the show or when you finally do the thing. And what we want to do is break it up and give ourselves like a bunch of little goals or a bunch of little things to be excited about. So you're constantly energized and constantly excited about it all the time, all the time. And then also when you actually do it, and it's just such a great learning point from your story of you were like, I got excited about it every day and even though you didn't like quote unquote do the show you did the show you were doing it and you were getting all the pieces from it like the whole time and sharing it with the world Mm -hmm. and it's just such a great point because so often we're like it's not it unless I do it or like I'm not accomplished unless the thing's there or I'm not gonna come out and share about it until I have this beautiful final form yeah um, share with the world I'm like what good is that doing for us and what good is that doing for the world and like let's just bring the energy with it and yeah bring things to life for sure it's like having that end point that end goal that thing that you see in the distance of being like that's where i want to be that's what i want to do i want to accomplish i want to have the dopest art show and that's what i want and like leave it at that but until i get there I'm not going to talk about it because I'm so focused on this thing and everything has, has to be serious. and has to be great. And let's, it's just like, no. And I'm going to um, be so hard on myself and I'm going to yeah. like make up all these stories about like how it's going to be <laughs> when it yeah. happens. Right. No. The goal is I'm going to have this show on the way. I am this show. And it's like, we would film the thing and each day was like its own creation of the art show. Cause I'd film the videos with it and it was just, crazy this stuff. is so good because i'm like hearing it through your own story and a lot of stuff that i like teach and share and that we talk about in my work is like be the thing you want be in the energy of it all the yeah. time like it's not that far out just start to like feel into it now and that's exactly what you did and not only does it make things happen but it makes it feel so much better along the way and when we feel good it gives us energy to keep moving forward i Love that. And I love hearing that piece through your story. And let's keep moving um, through your story. When you said keep pushing and keep going, I want to hear about, so the art show didn't happen. And then I want to talk a little bit about like the pathway to like where you are now, because now you're a tattoo artist and you're doing things now. And like, 
Well, here's um, what I will. I'll, I'll yeah. start it with this. Is that I remember being in the, the hospital and the doctor, when he finally came in and started talking to me, was letting me know, like, you lost the ability to smell. You can't smell anymore. I'm like, okay, great. I don't really care. So I thought, like, damn, that's honestly hella sick. I've never been bummed on not being able to smell since that moment, which is so funny. Can you not smell now? I can kind of. I did learn. I was hanging out with Tom McElroy up at skate camp later, and he brought over some horsemen, and he didn't know that I lost my ability to smell. And he's like, yo, crush this up, and you can smell it in your hand. And so I was just like, sure, why not? So I got it, and I crushed it, and I could smell horse mint for the first time. Like coming back, I was able to smell it, and it was like that. I just the feeling of being able to use my nose and like to tingle all the different parts of like the hair inside the pores, and then for it to go into my essence, it was just like a wah. So if it's like a very natural, pure thing. And I get really close to it, then I can still embrace it and smell it, which gets me super hype. Because if it's uh, some fake shit and I can't smell it, I mean, that's yeah. just how it is. So when the whole world was like losing their sense of smell, you were like, yeah, you're, it's all good. <laughs> We've been there. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Well, this actually leads to it perfectly. Because when the pandemic happened and everyone's like, oh, you got to go home. You can't be out doing anything. We can't smell. We can't do these things. I'm like, yeah, this is where I've been for like the last five years. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> oh, bummer. You got to go home. Let me tell you what you can do with your time at home. You can do whatever you want. And you can start building on things and make things happen. Just take a break, you know, take a nap. Do what you got to do. Let it come back and heal. So I, I guess my, <laughs> my traumatic brain injury was like my stepping stone to get used to the pandemic before it occurred. So that wow. was cool. That came and you were like, I'm not even phased. I know what to do. I'm using this time. Yeah. <laughs> everyone on in. You were like, I've been on this wavelength. Now everyone, now the world's on this wavelength and I'm going to do something with my time. Right up. Really we're just funny. riding. We just hop on board and let's go. Funny. <laughs> so with that, he told me that I lost my ability to smell. And then I was like, okay, how long until I can skate? And I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't skate anymore. And in my mind, I'm like, I can't skate. How long until I can surf? They're like, what? Like, how long until I can surf? They're like, oh, people don't really ask us that. I mean, I, I guess you can surf. To which in my mind, of like, you're, you foolish doctors don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, you tell me I can't skate, but I can surf. Surfing is so, so hard. Annoying. It's so hard. I've been hit in the head so many times by boards and other things and like crashing into people. And then there's the whole thing is like, there's no ground. It continues to shape and shift and push you into rocks and whatnot. So it's like, dope, if I got the okay to surf, then I can skate too. I'm just going to get a helmet and I'm going to make this work. So I, from the time that I left the hospital and was back home, making my way like to healing, I kept that attitude. Like I am healed. I am skating. Like I am doing the things that I need to do to be at the place that I hope to get to someday. So I was still like trying to work out at home as much as I could. And there's things I couldn't do. I, I noticed that like if I tried to do pull-ups or push-ups or like move around, I'd just get disoriented and I'd get dizzy to which I would just chill, breathe. I'll get to that a little bit. I'm going to try this other thing. It was like, if I couldn't quite do those things right now, it wasn't the absolute worst because there's always something else that I can work on. And I kept like, that. You're like, I'll do it later. You weren't like, oh, push-ups, those don't work. Cool. I'm never not going to do that. You're like, oh, cool. I'll do it later 
Yeah, I'll do it in 20 minutes. In the meantime, yeah. Straight up. I'll try one. This is tough. Like, I'll get to that tomorrow. I don't care. Like, what do I got to do? Like, oh, I'll just use my wrists. I'll just do wrist ups. Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm not Creativity. And I always say, like, curiosity and creativity is, like, fuel for us. It's our nutrients. And as long as we're creative and curious and we can protect that to some degree, we'll always move forward. Because when you talk, I'm like, creative, curious. You're like, oh. Oh no. Okay. What about that? Like always just doing that. And that's how you go and go and go and go. I love, love hearing it. So I'll let you keep talking. You were doing pushups. You're at home. Oh yeah. Working out. Oh yeah. I was doing all that crap. <laughs> getting yeah, buff. I, yeah. I was getting buff. No, I, was, I just thought like, well, if I want, when I do want to skate, I will need to be in a good physical form. I'm not able to run around that much right now. I'm not able to to jump like I used to do. Like it's like you don't think about it when you're doing it. When we're we are healthy and we're skating, like the movements that we do, like jumping, falling, rolling, it requires so many different aspects to our well-being, for our muscles and our ability to shake and bake and do what you need to do. That I was like, oh well, if I don't start working on that now, when I try to get to it later, then I'll have excuses. And I don't like that shit at all. If you want to do it, start going for it. And even if it is difficult at first, it doesn't matter. Who gives a shit? Because it won't be that bad in like two years. Like, oh, that's such a long distance. Well, I was told I was going to die. So who knows what's going to happen to me? Well, if if the concept of my life is so small and there's like like a, a hope that I might survive. Well, I'm going to take that hope and I'm going to splendow it all over the place and do all the shit that I want every day and just keep showing like, well, look, oh, look at that. Now I'm skating again. Who would have thought? Like, bam, yeah. I can do two pushups now. <laughs> so it was well worth it. So what you're saying, I'm like, this is so good for everyone listening, for me, like to hear. It's so, so, so good is what I'm hearing you say. It's like, there's all this time, right? When we're sitting in point A and we want to do something, whether you want to skate or you want to like everybody listening, like, you know what you want to do in your life. Like we all kind of know what that thing is. And from where you are now sitting still doing nothing, which I know that none of us are really doing that, but just to be dramatic, right? You're sitting here, you're doing nothing. And then you look at the, the final form of the thing and in that space, is excuses, time, time to build up stories about why you can't do it, time to go, oh, well, well, they didn't do it. I'm sure you could look at other people who did what what happened to you and they probably didn't escape. So like in that time period, before you actually start working toward what you want, the longer you wait to start doing and to start trying, the more time you have to build up all these stories about why you can't do it. And there will be so many, there will be so many stories of why you can't, I mean, and there will be like unlimited and there's also going to be unlimited stories about why you can, but the only thing that's really going to make a difference is to start doing it and to start showing yourself that you can little by little. And then you go, Oh, that worked. And you're like, Oh, I can do a push up. Maybe I, maybe I will be able to skate or like, maybe like, every little tiny thing you build up that evidence. And I always think like, if we want to prove something to ourselves or to other people, just start doing it, start building evidence that you can, because nobody can argue that. 
nobody can argue with like cold no. evidence of, hey, look at me, I'm skateboarding and I'm fine. Nobody can argue with that. Nope. Boom. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely agree. Cause I was definitely on that same path. Cause I, I remember I was dating a wonderful human being, Rebecca Austin, who was there for me before I hit my head. And she would still come and visit me after I hit my head. And she definitely like helped inspire me and get me motivated to like keep going and moving. And she's like, well, I'm, I'm going to start going to school at UC Berkeley. Would you like to come and live with me in Oakland? And I, I was just like, yeah, I want to go back. Cause that's a wonderful thing, which you may have experienced yourself as far as with head injuries mm-hmm. is there can be a fluctuation of your reasoning and also of your emotions. And I was mm-hmm. so like angry at having to like, go back and heal and stop all of my my progress that I was making in life. It was like, no, you move to the Bay Area. I'm, I'm going to do this. And I I moved with her, in, I think, six months after I hit my head. And I got a job at an architecture firm doing marketing. I got fired from that within the first month, which was hella funny because that was the first job I ever got fired from. And I honestly wasn't that bummed because I hated it so much. Like, it was so professional. I was making great money. It was a nine to five job. And like, I knew my, my parents could be proud because that's like why I went to college. That's why they supported me to do anything. And I hated every minute of it. Like, don't say this. Don't. There's so many don'ts. It's just mm-hmm. riddled with don'ts and the do nots. All right. You want me to design a pamphlet that talks about your background to make you look good? Like, yeah. Can I do this or can I try this way? No, uh, it has to be one way. Like, God, do nots, do not. So when I got fired, I, I really wasn't even that bummed. Because it was kind of like a nice thing. Like I always think of like getting fired. I think of it, I categorize it as like getting fired, rejection, like someone breaks up with you, like whatever category of rejection. I always think with rejection, I'm like, it's impossible to really get rejected because if they fired you, there's a hundred percent chance that you don't want that job. Or like if somebody is like, no, I don't want to do this with you. There's probably a hundred percent chance that you don't want to do that either. So that you're like, I didn't like it. Straight up. That's so, it's so true. Cause if you had, I truly been dedicated to that job, I would still be doing it. And it worked out great for me. Cause that was about nine months after I hit my head. And that was when like the emotional, like period of a traumatic brain injury came in, which is what happens. It's That's like- really soon. Like I had, when I had a pretty bad concussion, wasn't nearly as severe as what you went through but I mean it was like long time like six months I remember still being like yeah feeling like all this stuff so nine months is really not that long no and it's crazy because it was like I could just feel it I felt this lingering of sadness coming over me and I just mm-hmm. got slam dunked with so much sadness which I'm genuinely grateful for because now I know what it feels like I've mm-hmm. always been like such a happy positive person and I didn't quite understand what like a terrible deep depression was until I got it. So I got that out of the way. Yeah. I kind of have a similar thing. I feel I experienced anxiety, like real anxiety. Um, I used to get like anxious, you know, and people would be like, oh, I have anxiety. And I, I remember dating people who had anxiety and I'd be like, come on, like, come on, what's anxiety? Like, let's go anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> come on. Like, what do you mean? You're nervous. And then I remember actually... Like getting the real, the real anxiety that, that people talk about. And 
yeah, like now I know and I don't have it right now. And I'm so grateful for that because when somebody says they're anxious or depressed, like, oh my God, it's kind of like when you get sick, like the cold or a flu or whatever, and you don't remember how terrible it is until you're in it. You're like, oh my God, this is awful. And then we forget because our brain is like, cool, we're going to heal. But anyway, tangent on on that you felt you felt the yeah cloud. the cloud the cloud came over me so i got fired from that and then i ended up moving back home i moved back here and which I, it worked out great my girlfriend at the time rebecca she stayed and she continued doing school and we ended up separating not too much longer after that which was it's kind of like the best thing that could have happened for her own well-being and for for my own well-being it's kind of hard to date somebody who has a serious brain injury <laughs> like right after give it like a year or two and then maybe you can start talking probably want to give it like six or seven years and then maybe you can start figuring it out but I, it was cool because i'll always love her and appreciate her for where she was a part of my growth and when i returned back home it was like a grand slam restart of knowing like i was so sad i was so bummed and then i was like I thought like the usual thing that uh, anyone raised in America at our time would possibly think of like, you go to school, you you get your education, you graduate, then you get out and you get a job and then you you get a home and then you have a family. Those are the things. Get a home. Remember when everyone thought you would just get a home? <laughs> yeah. Like that's going to happen. Like, oh yeah, this would be no problem. And, just get but, a home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you'll raise a family in it and you'll own it from your job it's all there it's yeah. all there built in I, no no i just was here with my parents which at the time i didn't really understand like how genuinely grateful and lucky i am and i still love them so very much and honestly each day that passes i still think about like the time that we have together it means so much and they don't even know how much i love them they don't know how much of an impact that they've had in my life so every, literally every time I see them, I still like hug them with all my heart and love, I love you. And it's like, I don't have to say this full <laughs> Bible verse of love to them every time. Just once, I love you. And I'll, I'll mean it and just leave it at that. But whew, going back to that time, I just, I needed to restart and let things kind of go. And what's crazy is when I was in the art show, my mind was in this creative realm. And then after it getting out, it the way it was affected as I couldn't focus on drawing like I did or like mm-hmm. creating as I had. So slowly but surely I started to redo that. And the way that I redid that was through my dogs, my wonderful dogs, Molly, Molly and Tuffy. They meant so much to me. And they are, dogs are so incredibly wonderful for what they can provide mm-hmm. in all situations. Like, I love them so much. They helped me very much. And they helped me get back into the the drawing and the, the creative mindset because I would just draw my dogs all the time. And like I started <laughs> to create a comic book series about poo tales, which was like stories about the dogs as they got through wow. different things in life to kind of explain how I got hurt or why I got hurt. It's so good because you're like, I'm just going to do the one thing that feels good. Yeah. I'm just going to keep doing it. So that feels good. And I'm going to 
draw them and paint them and do it. And then from there, do comedy with it. And then from there, tell stories with it. And then, and now you're a tattoo artist. Now you're putting art on. So you've got to be, you had to have uh, gotten some of the the muscles back now because now you're putting art on people's bodies. (laughs) (laughs) My God, straight up. Yeah, it's it's all incredible. I would just keep practicing it. And of course, like, it took a long time and it was just healing and the process. But the fact that I did take those small steps helped me stay on track to get to where I am now. And where I am now is that I am a tattoo artist working at a shop, which is so crazy. Because then I was like, man, I wish I could continue to do art. I know what it's like to be an artist. And for an artist, you have you wait until your art show and then you can sell prints and then maybe you'll get working with a different people to be a designer but it's like those are all like points that you arrive at to hopefully for it to work out but then I thought like tattooing would be pretty sick because then I could just make art for people in one session yeah no way like that's just like we're all here for such a different reason it just blows my mind and that's we always just have to keep coming back to we're gonna really know what we don't want concretely and we're going to have a little bit of an idea of what we do want. And as long as you just keep going to the little ideas and like putting a little water on them and coming back, that's what it is. So it works out great. <laughs> yeah. Right. So in that time, that's when I, of course, was drawn back to going back to skate camp and visiting skate camp when my friend Jordan was the director, who I love so very much. And I was helping out with Skate Wild at camp for the summer and it was all the survival stuff that we did but the rest of the time we could just do whatever we could snowboard because there was snow in the mornings which is so dope in the beginning of the season of the summer season so dope and then we can skate which is also so dope and during that time jordan and i had so much free time we were used to being the directors and used to being at camp from before it ends to after it ends like you just don't stop doing it Mm -hmm. to being here where it's like we could kind of be around. We're not a staff member of Woodward, so we can do what we want. So we were going around, hanging out, having some fun. I met this girl, Catherine Hamilton, who's super cool. She asked me to come over and help her with her, set up her tattoo machine. To which I thought like, what? You're setting one up? Because although in 2008, somebody asked me if I could do tattoos when I was working at skate camp, when I was working as the store manager, which was my very first job. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, sweet, can we do a tattoo tonight? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. To which I, I instantly went to my homies and was like, yo, how do I do this? Like, how do I make this happen? I don't know. I was just I was just telling them what they wanted. How do I do it? And like, all right, well, you just get a sewing needle and get India ink and just poke it in. I'm like, dope. Yeah. So I started just doing stick and pokes. And it, it wasn't like an incredibly consistent thing because that was back in 2008. But I would still do it every once in a while. So I just kept it going here and there. And then when I went and hung out with Kat and went to her spot to see her set up the machine, I recognized it's just like Lego. It's like I had honestly not gone into a tattoo shop in America because I did not like the vibes. I thought like the vibes of tattoo artists were super lame. Like I've been around them. I hung out with them. <laughs> yeah. But they're always just like the ego is so high and just like at least from my personal experience with it. And it, all the tattoos that I had were from homies at skate camp or when we go on trips places 
like I lived in Chile and I got a tattoo down there and I lived my first tattoo was in Spain when I lived in Spain so it's like for me it was always about like exploring out to get it but which is crazy to think about so when I saw her set up her tattoo machine I was like that's it what so I bought one on Amazon that night (laughs) amazing yeah and then I just started tattooing at Woodward that's right at Camp Woodward in the evenings I began my tattoo career I started tattooing all the homies do they know this (laughs) I hope they I mean I want them to know I didn't know until just now but Woodward like uh hit me up because I got some great honestly you'll notice some pro snowboarders and pro skateboarders who have strange work from my early beginnings but it's gotten a lot better and I could totally tattoo at any of your resorts (laughs) (laughs) your local resort artist tattoo artist (laughs) no it was straight up like that because it was just like every night it's like why not I I just still had it in my mind like I was so grateful that we were able to do skate wild stuff during the day but I also was at a point where I could recognize that if I only rely on one source of income, which is skate wild, then I will be in a hardship when skate wild season is over. Cause it's not always going, it's only in the summertime. So how do I have a, how do I generate more sources of income? And if I'm tattooing right now, that's pretty good. Cause I could just keep going with it and see where it goes. It was all baby steps. It was baby like, steps. it was like, I'm me but my legs are tiny and my feet are so small. So I could only have like baby steps with like a giant corpse or a giant torso on top. Like my balance <laughs> fell off. I wasn't getting anywhere, but you best believe this baby never stopped stepping. Yeah. I stepped away, but I kept tattooing, kept tattooing. It was so sick because Jordan and I were talking and Jordan has always been there for me as a great human being and friend. He's been through so much. He was there with me when I first got back. He was there with me in the hospital. He was there with me when I first got back on a skateboard and was trying to skate. He was there with me when, for those, another thing about traumatic brain injuries is when you go through it, if you go back into this, the sport or like the source of where the pain could have come from. And for me, since I fell skating and I wanted to get back into skating, it's an emotional hell ride to do it. There'd be times when I would lose it. I would like rip my shirt. I'd break my board. I'd be so frustrated. I was never frustrated with anyone else. Or my environment it was truly my own battle and that is like it's a debilitating thing that hurts so much but it's also very humbling because now i understand what it's like other people what they can go through and they may seem crazy and they could be just like super angry or sad which i don't understand but i don't have to understand it because no one understood what i was going through but the love people would show me such as jordan who was still giving me my time and my space and he would still be there and let me know like, Hey, I love you. It's all good. Get it out. And he would see like how I would just crumble and cry and be so sad because I just love this thing so much. And I just want to be doing it. And I don't understand why I'm super angry or frustrated. Well, shit sucks. And sometimes (laughs) that happens, including when we have a major brain injury and you try to come back from it, it's going to be hard. You mentioned this piece. There's like two huge pieces in here of like the one that I want to highlight of when you were like, okay, this is good. I'm really happy more or less with Skate Wild, but there's a gap. It, whether it's 
just finances or whether you also wanted to be doing art, which I'm sure was part of it. And so often too, I see that we do this thing where we're like, oh, I'm checking most of the boxes. I'm happy. I'm good. I'm just going to kind of settle here. And you were like, no, I'm going to do more, which led you to tattooing. When I had my, like, I had an experience of this when I was snowboarding all the time. It was like my dream. I was snowboarding 130 days a year. I was so happy. Guess what? I didn't have any money in the off season. There wasn't stability. There wasn't like, there were all these other pieces that weren't there. So even though I was like living the dream, there were so many gaps in it. And sometimes I think we are like, people tend to go, oh, I've, I've kind of done a lot of the things. I'm going to settle here. This is what life is now, or I'm going to do some other things I don't like in the meantime and just focus on this thing that I have in front of me. And you were in that place and you were like, oh no, great. I'm going to do more of what I love. I'm going to do tattoos. I'm going to like keep doing stuff. Um, and not just because we can look so many times of like, oh, I did it. Cool. Like I'm here. And then we get to look at, well, where am I still wanting more? Where is there more that I can pour into my life, whether it's doing more of what I love or creating more like a stability or safety or any of those things. And then we get to keep working toward that. And just for, I could talk to you all day. This is so fun. Um, but for, <laughs> for the time piece, let's just kind of pop right into, uh, I'd love to just hear if there's any last little bits of um, what you want to share or really where all of that brought you and and where you are. I just feel like listening to your story, it's like, come back to this episode and listen to it again. If you ever think, oh, I don't know if I can, because I think hearing your story is showing that no matter what barrier is in front of you, no matter what it is, just take a little step and just get curious and just get creative and choose that over the excuses, choose that over any story that says that you can't in your story. And you're just like a permission slip for do what you love. Absolutely. Obstacles are truly opportunities and they mm -hmm. show us the ability to grow and to go beyond what we thought were our limits before. And where that in that time has led me to now is that it pushed me to a place where I kept tattooing slowly but surely. And it's just like mm -hmm. skating straight up. It never stops. It's like, oh, I can do this better. I can do this better. And now I've created like a good customer clientele basis with the homies from Woodland, which is Woodland's not that far from Sacramento, but it's a little bit out of the ways. And there's like 50,000 people that live there. So it's not like a no, it's, there's a good amount of people that live there, but it's majority of them come from Mexico or are from Mexican descent, if you will. So Spanish is a heavy language in the area, which I, I went to school in Spain. I lived in Chile. My grandpa was born in Cuba. My mom lived in South America. Entonces podemos hablar sobre lo que queremos hablar. So when people come in, they're like, oh, does anybody speak Spanish? Sí, ¿qué quieres? So I get to speak with so many people that it's like, this is that's I guess amazing. I truly now get to live my life the same exact as I did before. I get to live how I want it. And when I was in the worst of my circumstances, and by that I mean being like mentally incapable or being like super sad or bummed, it was still up to me to choose 
what I did with my time. Do I continue to worry and lament or do I pick up the pieces and just step one thing at a time? And here I am of like, I get to tattoo every day. I still get to talk to people and I get to listen to their stories. What an amazing outlook of just changing your perspective on it. It's like, you know, it's like, okay, is that really your chosen art piece that you might want to do? No, but instead you're like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to have fun with it. And it's just such an incredible outlook to have. And we can apply that with everything in life because it's really never about what's in front of us, but what we do with it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. That was so fun. I loved, I loved hearing your story and I'm just loved hanging out for an hour or so today. And I'd love to share if you want to share with people where they can find you and where they can connect with you. I think you have one of the most like fun Instagram. It's not Instagram. It's you. Like you're like, you just are so fun (laughs) to be connected with on there. So I want everybody to know where to find you. And I will link things in here. I will link skate wild for anybody who wants to check it out or if you want to send your kids to skate wild camp if you happen to be in the area of woodland california and want to tattoo or why don't you let people know um where to find you online oh yeah well yeah actually before i say that one thing i want to say though is that you were a great part of me getting to this point absolutely because mm. i remember reaching out to you at one point and i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do now i don't know how it's gonna happen am i gonna be in a shop or is this going to happen? You're like, Hey, if you need me, I'll be here. Like you help spark that, like that sense of don't trip, keep going. You got this. And it came about. So I very much love and respect you, Jaden. Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for saying that. And it's funny because we always know. And sometimes when you're talking about Jordan, like how great he's been or, or that experience with me, it's like, we, we all know what we want, but sometimes we just need, you know, somebody around to remind us or be there. And I wanted to say that earlier. So I'm glad you brought it up. Like the co-regulation piece or community or just other people around to like remind you of who you are to be there is so crucial because so when you say that to me, I'm like, oh, you're already on the path. You have everything in front of you. And same thing for anybody listening who thinks that you're so far away from whatever it is, you might be so close. Yeah. <laughs> actually no, already landed. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't realize. I did not realize how close I was because I, I wouldn't let, I was so transfixed and worried about it that yeah. I truly, I needed you. I needed the homies who yeah. the homies who I love to share their love with me in some way. And that goes with everybody. Like, don't forget the homies are there and we all mm-hmm. are behind you in the strangest way. And it may seem like we're not interested, but it's because we're living our own lives yet. Really? Like it's nothing but love and support. So to see that it's just like, keep going. Yeah. Like don't stop. A modern uh, creative pioneer of love. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Dicker. Those- so good so to find me yes just as you express through instagram at jan snarlos i'm there and i just want to have a precursor that all the stories and things that i post are only based off of humor 
and I just want to make people laugh all the time. So please, if you get offended by that, you can, but just know that it's not meant to offend. It's only just for silliness. So feel free to just send in your own silly ideas. I always love and support other people. I work in Woodland at Filthy Clean Tattoos, but there are three locations. There's a Woodland location, there's a Fairfield location, and there's one in Berkeley, and it was just rebuilt. It's a new store location. So for any human beings out there who would love to get pierced and or tattooed, or they just want to hang out with me, you could just still schedule a time and I'll just give you the whole day. <laughs> like We don't, might even not tattoo, but uh, whatever. You can do it through my Insta and I'll either come to you or you can come to me and we'll make it that much better. Incredible. And I feel nothing but love from your Instagram. I feel nothing but love and light humor. So I don't think anyone will get offended by it. I don't know. You never know out there, but I feel nothing but love. Thank you so much, Andy. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, please share on Instagram and tag me. I can guarantee it will make my day to hear from you. If you want to stay in the loop for future episodes, make sure to subscribe. And as always, if this episode made you think of someone you love or you know someone who would benefit from listening, please send it their way. You never know how you can impact someone's life. Until next time.